0: Hello and welcome back to Hopeful Center. I'm Michael Elbert. And today I'd want to announce something to you. Uh, basically, I've, I've changed something about the way that I'm presenting this podcast. And that is, I am making it so now I type basically everything that I want to say. I'm, I kind of freestyle the intro as I'm doing now. And then I'll get into what I've typed. Because I find that way I can just organize my thoughts better and think about all the different all the different points that I want to make instead of just leaving it up to my momentary judgment. So that's that's the plan for this episode, and I just wanted to share that with you because you might be able to tell that I'm reading something that I wrote, uh, but I think that this way you're gonna get more out of it, and I can pack more information and more good key points into a shorter period of time. Um, all right, so my good news, before we get into that, is that it is December the 17th, and it is almost Christmas, and Advent is wrapping up. Um, I've I've had a pretty good Advent. I started um, reading uh, kind of some reflections on the life of Joseph, and I haven't really kept up with that as much as I would have liked to, but... Um, They're still going to be there even when Advent's over, and maybe I can re-motivate myself uh, to do that, because it's a great way to meditate on the life of the saints, is a great way to grow in in prayer. So yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm excited that it's almost the Christmas season. It's not just the Christmas day. It's not just December 25th, and then you pack it up and stop playing the Christmas tunes, 105.7, who starts the day after Thanksgiving. Sorry for calling you out. Um, it's a whole Christmas season. And so we should be celebrating it, um, all the way until the, the end of that season, which I believe is about January 5th. Don't quote me on that. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for the Christmas season and it's just a great time to, to try to give of what you have and, um, a great time to get closer to your family. So I'm excited for people who are coming home. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so today, like I said, I was inspired about Catholic guilt and shame, uh, because I've I've heard people say things like that. I've heard them say things like, uh, "Isn't it isn't that just there to shame people?" Or um, talking about how Catholic guilt is a real thing. So after the break, we're going to get into that topic. I'm going to be reading what I wrote this morning. Um, it was very coffee driven, and. I mean, the coffee was flowing this morning, and it's flowing this afternoon as well as I'm recording this, so I hope that you enjoy it, and I hope that if you enjoy it enough, you share it with people, and I think, I really hope that with the help of the Holy Spirit, it will clear up some misconceptions about the Catholic Church, about what has been known as, air quotes, Catholic guilt and, quote, Catholic shame. So, um, yeah, looking forward to it. So like I said in the introduction, I'm I'm going to start reading something that I typed out and it was inspired having to do with uh, Catholic guilt and shame. I heard someone actually this morning talking about how, well, confession is really just in place to shame Catholics and that's a misconception that I've heard a lot and I just want to clear it up because I think it is a misconception and... Really, confession is a lot more beautiful than that. Well, that's obviously ugly, um, but confession is more beautiful than that. So here are my thoughts from this morning. A lot of people seem to have the impression that the Catholic Church tends to bring out feelings of guilt and shame to its people. I've heard people say things like, well, that's just there to shame people when speaking about confession. I've also heard people say, Catholic guilt is a real thing. As I address these things, I want to do so as lovingly as possible, because people obviously are saying these things for a reason. It is apparent that at some point in their lives, they have experienced pain as a result of Catholic law. First of all, if that sounds like you, I want to express my deepest regrets and sadness that that has happened to you. What I want to communicate is that that isn't why the Catholic commandments are in place. And that certainly isn't why the Catholic Sacrament of Confession exists. There is a common interpretation of what the Sacrament of Confession or Reconciliation is, as well as the question we often hear, but why do you have to physically go somewhere to be absolved from your sins? Why can't you just do it while you're at home or at a church service? Before answering that question, I will begin with the the common interpretation. I think that people see confession as a deeply shameful exercise. They envision a lowly person who is disgusted with their wretched self, and they carry a deep sense of shame and guilt for their transgressions. This particular person can't live with themselves and has descended into a pit of despair and hopelessness from which they will never return. Now, I apologize for the embellishment, but this is what it seems to me people think of When they think of the sacrament of confession. I want to assert that they are mistaking contrition for shame. With this in mind, we need to make a distinction between contrition and shame. To make this distinction, I would like to bring forth the examples of Peter and Judas. What do these two followers of Jesus have in common? They both sinned against Jesus himself and betrayed the person who had nothing but love for both of them. Judas handed Jesus over to the people to be crucified, and Peter went back on his promise to never deny Jesus. In fact, Peter denied Jesus three times in a row on the day of his crucifixion. On the day of Jesus' crucifixion. So what is it that sets them apart? We remember Judas forever as a traitor, and we will forever remember Peter as a great saint. I suggest that it is because Judas descended into shame and despair, and Peter, while feeling what must have been as much shame as Judas felt, remained hopeful and faithful that Jesus would forgive him. Peter, while feeling as low as ever, never lost his hope and his faith in Jesus. And what did Jesus do in return when Peter expressed contrition for his sin? He made Peter the first pope of the Catholic Church. He built the church with Peter as rock and the foundation. If you are interested enough to listen to this podcast, I know that you believe in a God like that, a God who lifts us up out of our most miserable state and makes something extraordinary of us. When we feel contrition for our sins, we know that we have done something to hurt God. God who is perfect, who is love, who sees us as beloved, and who died for the very sins that we have committed. But we must never fall into despair and shame. Instead, we should trust that God will lift us up. Even if we fall every day of our lives, he will still be there to pick us up earlier I mentioned that people commonly ask this question about confession. Why do you have to physically go somewhere to be absolved from your sins? Why can't you just do it while you're at home or at a church service? To this, I would like to provide an example of myself. I have struggled with many types of sin. There are certain sins that I have confessed regularly for a year and sometimes longer than that. For those sins, I have experienced deep regret and have truly struggled with the help of God to be set free from them. I believe that that is the key. I struggled. And with many of those sins, I eventually was set free of them. God used the contrition that I felt in order to set me free. He used my physical actions of one, realizing that I had sinned, two, feeling sorry for that sin, Three, examining my conscience for other sins. Four, going to church in order to confess those sins. And five, doing penance for those sins. Those, all thi- those things that I just listed all have to do, those, those come naturally with the sacrament of confession, and it's part of what makes it so beautiful. So he used my struggle to make me new. My struggle and the repetition of doing all those things over and over. Think about how we grow as people. We form habits in order to become better. Whether it's our profession, a sport, a hobby, the way that we get better at anything is to struggle with it. I'm a runner and I can say that because I have I can say that because I've spent a considerable amount of time dedicated to getting faster and being able to run for longer distances. Additionally, God has helped me along the way to become better at running and setting aside comfort out of the pursuit of something good. It is obvious that you get better at running the more you do it, and God will help you along the way, but you first have to show up. I am certain that you can think of something that you have improved in that you had to show up for. Showing up is important because it's what we do as humans. That is something that is beautiful about the Catholic sacraments. You have to show up for them. The Catholic sacraments, which are baptism, confirmation, Eucharist, confession, anointing of the sick, marriage, and holy orders. In every one of these sacraments, you need to show up in order to participate. When you show up, you participate in the sacrament, which is a combination of a spiritual transformation and a physical representation of that transformation. When a, perp- when a person is baptized, for example, they show up and have water poured over their head as a symbol of becoming united with Christ and the church. When two people join in the sacrament of marriage, they can't just commit themselves to one another at home. They have to commit to the church and participate in order to receive the sacrament. With every sacrament, you have to physically go somewhere and do certain actions that are a physical representation of a spiritual reality. Why should the sacrament, which involves being absolved from your sins, be any different? The sacrament of reconciliation, or confession, or penance, however you say it, exists not to make us descend into shame and despair, but to help us become set free of sin, through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. To Catholics... Confession, like other sacraments, is a gift from God. He doesn't force us to accept his gifts, but the alternative to accepting him is infinitely worse. Please, find it in your hearts to receive the gift. If you aren't Catholic, I pray that this has helped you to understand better uh, why confession exists. If you would like to learn more, you could reach out to me, you could research it on the web, uh, you could reach out to a Catholic priest or to, you could call a church to talk about it or set something up. Um, maybe through the grace of God, um, uh, both Catholics and non-Catholics, you may feel this pulling you in a certain direction. And I'm just going to trust that the Holy Spirit will guide you along the way. And, um, hopefully you'll trust him, uh, trust the Holy Spirit as well. Um. So that's pretty much all I wanted to share about confession. Hopefully, it um, hopefully it helps you to better conceptualize why the why Catholics have confession. It's not to beat down a person, but it's to help a person to feel contrite for their sins because they're, you're basically just apologizing to God because God doesn't deserve us to sin. Um, he deserves the greatest praise and glory and honor that that we can't even possibly give to him. And and furthermore, we hurt him by sinning. And it it doesn't exist to make you feel like you're a terrible person. It It exists to help you grow as a person and to learn how to better love God and to break free of the ways that Satan is tempting you to hurt God. And so, I mean, you can look at it as we're trying to it, you can look at it as the Catholic Church trying to push you into shame and despair, but in actuality, it's, it's, it exists to lift you up and to bring you out of that. So, may God bless you and guide you along the way. Um, I will pray for you. If you're a listener of this podcast, I always pray for the listeners of, of the podcast. Um, and I should probably pray that the listeners the listenership grows, but, um, I'm happy that you're here. If you're listening, if you made it this far with me, you guys are, you guys are great. Um, may God guide you along the way and I will pray for you along the way as well. So lastly, the last thing I want to do is leave you with some scripture to meditate on. So in, in Luke thirteen three. No, I say to you, but unless you shall do penance, you shall all likewise perish. Ezekiel 18:21 But if the wicked do penance for all his sins which he hath committed and keep all my commandments and do judgment and justice, living he shall live and shall not die. And lastly from Proverbs 28:13 Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. God bless you all and have a great week.